Howdy, howdy. My name is Lily from Makecraft Game, and you're listening to Reading Rulebooks. Today, I'm going to be reading the rulebook for Kalis. Now, my original copy of Kalis came with a German-only rulebook, and I do not speak German. So, we went to BoardGameGeek.com and printed out the English rules, which are the ones I will be reading today. So, let's get into it. Contents. One board, one white bailiff cylinder, and one white provost cylinder, 30 one denier coins, and 10 five denier coins, 30 worker cylinders, six for each color, blue, red, green, orange, and black, about 100 houses, about 20 for each color, 35 marker discs, seven of each color, about 140 resource cubes, about 30 pink, purple, brown, and gray cubes, and 20 yellow cubes, 40 building tiles, six neutral tiles, eight wooden tiles, nine stone tiles, eight residential tiles, nine prestige tiles, this booklet. For the resource cubes, pink cubes equal food, Brown cubes are wood, gray cubes are stone, purple cubes are cloth, and gold cubes are gold. For the buildings, buildings that require wood to build them are brown, buildings that require stone to build them are gray, prestige tiles are blue, and residential tiles are green. Once upon a time, 1289. To strengthen the borders of the Kingdom of France, King Philip the Fair decided to have a new castle built. For the time being, Calus is but a humble village, but soon workers and craftsmen will be flocking by the cartload, attracted by the great prospects. Around the building's site, a city is slowly rising up. Goal of the game, the players embody master builders. By building the king's castle and developing the city around it, they earn prestige points and gain the king's favor. When the castle is finished, the player who has earned the most prestige wins the game. Setup, note. The same rules apply for three, four, and five player games. Adjustments for the two player game are explained later in this rulebook. The board is placed at the center of the table. The brown, gray, and blue building tiles are sorted out by color and placed face up on the side of the board. The green tiles are piled up close by. A player mixes the six pink tiles and puts them randomly on the first six bases of the road. Coins and resource cubes are sorted out and placed next to the board. This is going to be the stock. Each player chooses a color and takes all the corresponding wooden pieces. Each player puts one marker next to the turn order scale, another one on the bridge close to the passing spaces, and places a marker on each of the four flirtily symbolizing the king's favor. The last marker is placed on space zero of the turn track. One of the players takes all the markers which have been placed next to the turn order scale and puts them randomly on the numbered spaces to determine the order of play for the first turn. The players whose marker is on space one takes five denier from the stock. The player whose marker is on spaces two and three both take six denier. The players whose markers are on spaces four and five both take seven denier. Each player also takes one wood cube and two food cubes from the stock. The player's denier and cubes remain visible throughout the game. The bailiff and provost pawn are placed on the last neutral tile, pink tile, of the road. Game Principles Each player plays the part of the master builder and has a team of six workers, some resources, and a little money, denier. The workers can be placed either in the city or in the castle. The city. At the beginning of the game, the city is nothing but a small village. Apart from special buildings, an inn, a joust field, a stable, there are only a few resource buildings. A farm, a sawmill, a quarry, a small marketplace, and carpenters who can build wooden buildings. However, players have to develop the economic activity along the road. 
because huge resources are needed to build the castle. They must therefore install better production sources and maybe find a mason who will help them build stone buildings or even reach the remote gold mine. But those things are very expensive and the master builders will have to watch their purses carefully. Indeed, every time a worker goes out to work, his master must pay him. Moreover, if his master sends him to work in another master's building, the latter will gain prestige. To win the game, you must take advantage of the other player's resources without uselessly giving them an advantage. Slowly but surely, the village is developing into a town. Old production buildings are becoming obsolete unless the lawyer transforms them into residential buildings, whose rent brings you additional income. If an architect enters your service, you may embellish the city with some prestige buildings, a statue or even a cathedral. But, of course, master builders do not lay down the law in the town. They must abide by the orders of the two royal agents, the bailiff and his assistant, the provost. The provost is a powerful and zealous officer. According to his position along the road, he decides which buildings may be activated and, consequently, which workers will not be able to work this turn. Fortunately, the provost is corruptible. For a few deniers, it is easy to help him reach a specific building, or even have him go backwards along the road to prevent another master's workers from working. As for the bailiff, he's only interested in the castle's building progress. He always moves forward along the road, forcing the masters to build faster. The castle. The castle is composed of three sections, a dungeon, walls, and towers. The bailiff's movement along the road determines the advance of the work in the castle, and the shift from one section to the other. By advancing quickly and well in the building of the castle, the masters accumulate prestige. If you are shrewd, you will also be able to gain the king's favor. At the end of the game, each player adds up the prestige points they have earned since the beginning. The master who has the largest number of points wins. His future at the king's service will be glorious. Conventions Four cubes with a two on top, two cubes, either identical or different, of food, wood, stone, and or cloth, no gold. You will notice that the four cubes do not have a gold cube among them. One white cube, one cube of any kind, even gold. A coin with a four over it, four denier. A shield with a three over it, earn three prestige points, victory points. A fleur-de-lis, choose a royal favor. A yellow circle with a drawing of a house with a pointed roof is the dungeon. An orange circle with what looks like two Lego bricks stacked on top of each other are the walls, and a red circle with a tower is the tower. Progress of the game. The game is divided into turns. Each turn is divided into seven phases. Phase 1. Collecting income. Each player gets two denier from the stock. Furthermore, each player also gets one denier per residential building, green background they own, one denier if they have built the library, and two denier if they have built the hotel. The income a player may get is not limited. Phase 2. Placing workers. Following the turn order, the players carry out an action. They may choose to A. Pass. B. Put a worker on a special, neutral, or fixed building. C. Put a worker on one of another player's buildings. D. Put a worker on one of their own buildings. And E. Put a worker in the castle. Phase 2 lasts until all players have passed. Putting a worker on a prestige building, blue, on a residential building, green, or on an unbuilt space is forbidden. Placing a worker on a space where there's already another worker is also forbidden except in three cases. 
stables, inn, and castle, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Passing is free, but placing a worker costs some deniers. A. Passing. If a player wants to pass or must pass because of lack of workers or money, they put their color marker, located on the bridge, on the first space available, that is, on the smallest unoccupied number of the passing scale. The first player who passes gets one denier from the stock immediately. Once a player has passed, they cannot place any more workers this turn. Example. At his turn, Blue decides to pass. He takes his marker from the bridge and places it on the first empty space of the passing scale. No one has passed yet, so Blue takes one denier from the stock. From now on, green, orange, and red will have to pay two deniers to place workers in buildings. B. Placing a worker on a special, neutral, or fixed building. The player gives the stock a sum of money that is equal to the smallest unoccupied number on the passing scale, between 1 and 5 deniers, according to the number of the players who've already passed. Then, the player places one of their workers on the space of a special, neutral, or fixed building of their choice. If the worker is placed in the stables, the players put him on the smallest number available. Up to three workers can be placed in the stables, but a given player can only place one. If the worker is placed in the inn, the player puts him on the circle on the left. As a consequence, this player will possibly spend some time with another worker placed on the other circle on the right. One player may have two of their workers in the inn simultaneously. Example. At his turn, Green decides to put a worker on the peddler's space, fixed building. Since Blue has already passed, Green has to pay two deniers for this action. C. Placing a worker on one of another's player's buildings. A player who places the worker gives the stock a sum of money that is equal to the smallest unoccupied number on the passing scale, between 1 and 5 deniers according to the number of players who have already passed. Then the player places one of their workers on the opponent's building of their choice. The owner of the building immediately earns prestige points. Example. Red places a worker on Green's Mason. The cost is three deniers since blue and orange have passed. Furthermore, green gains one prestige point. D. Placing a worker on one of your own buildings. The player pays one denier to the stock. Then the player places his worker. Note, placing a worker on one of your own buildings does not yield a prestige point. Example. Red places his worker on his farm, which only costs him one denier even though three other players have passed. E. Placing a worker in the castle. The player gives the stock an amount of money that is equal to the smallest unoccupied number on the passing scale, between one and five deniers, according to the number of players who have already passed. Then the player places the worker on the castle space with the smallest number available. The castle may contain several workers, but each player can only place one. Example. Red places a worker in the castle, taking the first spot available behind Blue's pawn. Since Blue, Orange, and Green have passed, Red must pay four deniers. Phase 6. Building of the Castle This phase only concerns those players who have placed a worker in the castle. The castle is divided into three sections. The dungeon, composed of six parts, is built before the first scoring. The walls, composed of 10 parts, is built before the second scoring. The tower, composed of 14 parts, is built before the third and last scoring. 
The players must build the castle according to their order on the castle scale, beginning with space 1. The player decides during their turn how many batches they will give the stock. A batch must be composed of three different cubes, one of which must be a food cube. Example: During this turn, Red and Green have both placed one worker in the castle where the dungeon is being built. Red, whose pawn is on space 1, starts the construction. He gives the stock a batch, food, stone, wood, and puts one of his houses on one of the free spaces in the dungeon. He gains five prestige points. Now it's Green's turn to offer batches. Each batch given by the player allows him to put a house in the section of the castle which is currently under construction. As we will see in a later section, it is the bailiff's progress on the board which determines which section is under construction. If there is no more room in this section, the player may start building the next section. Nevertheless, if the players are building the tower, which is the last section, it is possible that some of them will not be able to give batches. Finally, the construction of a new section may begin before the previous one is finished. There are still free spaces left. In this case, the spaces will remain unoccupied until the end of the game. If a player has placed a worker in the castle, but will not or cannot give a batch, for instance, if they do not have enough different cubes, they lose two prestige points. It is not possible to go below zero points, though. This penalty does not apply if, during the building of the tower, a player cannot give a batch because there is no more room left. If the player owns at least one batch, they keep the cubes and their prestige is not affected. The players gain prestige points whenever they help build the castle. For each batch they provide to build the dungeon, the player gains 5 prestige points. For each batch they provide to build the walls, the player gains 4 prestige points. For each batch they provide to build the tower, the player gains 3 prestige points. Finally, you determine which player has provided the most batches during this turn, in other words, which player has placed the most houses. This player immediately gains one royal favor. If several players are tied, the one among them who arrived first in the castle gains the favor. Example continued. Green proposes two batches. He places two houses in the castle. But since there's only one space left in the dungeon, Green puts one house in the dungeon section and one house in the wall section. He gains nine prestige points. 5 for the house in the dungeon, and 4 for the house in the wall section. For this turn, Green has built the most houses in the castle. He thus gains a royal favor. Had Green only spent one batch, he would have gained 5 prestige points, and Red, who was the first player to place a worker in the castle this turn, would have gained the royal favor. The players now get their workers back from the castle. Phase 7, end of turn. The bailiff moves along the road. He always moves forward, consequently, he moves away from the castle. He may move on two empty spaces. His movement is determined by the provost's current position. If the provost is located after the bailiff along the road, that is, farther away from the castle, the bailiff moves two spaces forward. If the provost is located before the bailiff along the road, that is, closer to the castle, or on the same space, the bailiff only advances one space. Once the bailiff has moved, place the provost on the space the bailiff has just reached. Then, check if a scoring is necessary. If the bailiff, during his move, 
reached or went past a scoring space, or if a section of the castle has been completed during this turn, proceed with scoring. In any case, there will only be one scoring per section. Example, the provost is a few spaces behind the bailiff on the road. The latter moves one space forward. Then the provost is placed on the bailiff's new space. The space which triggers the dungeon scoring has not been reached yet, so the players will only proceed to score the dungeons if construction is finished. Example, the provost is one space further than the bailiff on the road. The bailiff moves two spaces forward. Then the provost is placed on the same space. The space which triggers the dungeon scoring has been reached. The players proceed to score the dungeon, unless the scoring was made in a previous turn because the dungeon was already full, in which case the players can move on to the next turn. Scoring. According to the section, the dungeon, the walls, or the tower you are scoring, each player, following the turn order, counts the number of castle parts they have built, that is the number of houses they have placed in the given section, and refers to the corresponding score table. If you are scoring a section while houses have already been placed in the next section because of lack of room, the latter houses are not taken into account. Scoring the dungeon. No houses, minus two prestige points. Two houses or more, one royal favor. Scoring the walls. No houses, minus three prestige points. Two houses, one royal favor. Three or four houses, two royal favors. Five houses or more, three royal favors. Scoring the tower. No houses, minus four prestige points. Two or three houses, one royal favor. Four or five houses, two royal favors. Six houses or more, three royal favors. When the scoring is over, wherever the bailiff may be on the road, the players must now concentrate on the next section of the castle, even if there are some empty spaces left in the section that has just been scored. If this section of the tower has just been scored, the game is over. Example, the dungeon section must be scored. The turn order is red, blue, orange, and finally green. Each player refers to the dungeon scoring table. Red put houses on two spaces and gains one favor. Blue built three parts and gains one favor too. Orange has not built anything yet, so they lose two prestige points. Note, you cannot have less than zero points. Finally, green put one house in the dungeon and gains nothing. The greenhouse in the wall section is not counted yet. Royal favors. There are several ways to gain favors. By the joust field, by building specific buildings, the church, the statue, etc. By being the best builder in the castle section during the scoring of the dungeon, the walls, or the tower. The king's favor is represented with a four-line table. The lines are A. Increase in prestige points B. Gain in deniers C. Gain in resource cubes D. Exclusive use of some buildings Each line is divided into five columns with an increasing power from the left to the right. For each line, the first two columns are available from the start of the game. Columns 3 and 4 are available after the scoring of the dungeon section, even if players have already started building in the next section. Column 5 is available after the scoring of the wall section, even if players have already started building in the next section. Example, 
Orange has just gained a favor during the dungeon scoring. He chooses the first line, prestige points, on which he has already advanced in a previous phase. However, since the dungeon is being scored, Orange can't advance his marker. He leaves it on the space and gains two prestige points. Several players may be on the same space at the same time. Whenever a player earns a favor, they must choose a line at once and, if it is possible, advance their marker to the right. Then the player can use one of the effects provided on the chosen line between level 1 and the level currently indicated by the marker. The player can advance the marker to level 2 of a given line and choose to use the effects of level 1. It is not possible to advance your marker on a given line and use the effect of another line. Once level 5 has been reached, the marker cannot go further, but the player can still choose the line and take advantage of the effect of their choice. If a player gains several favors during the same phase, for instance, during a scoring or when a monument is built, the favors must be used on different lines, so it is impossible to gain more than four favors in a phase. A. Increase in prestige points. The player gains between 1 and 5 prestige points, depending on the column the marker is in. It is useless to activate a lower column. B. Gain in deniers. The player may gain between 3 and 7 deniers, depending on the column the marker is in. It is useless to activate a lower column. C. Gain in resource cubes. Column 1. The player gains 1 food cube. Column 2. The player gains 1 wood cube or 1 stone cube. Column 3, the player gains one cloth cube. Column 4, the player exchanges one of his cubes for two of their choice, no gold. Column 5, the player gains one gold cube. Example, the players are building the towers. All of the columns of the favor table are now available. Blue has just gained a favor by building the church. He chooses the third line, resource cubes. He moves from the second to the third space and chooses to take a food cube from the stock. His marker is on space 3, so he can choose between spaces 1, 2, and 3. D. The exclusive use of some buildings. This line allows you to use the effect of some buildings directly. To use the effect of a given building, it does not have to be on the board. For instance, you can use column 3 even if there is no mason on the board. Buildings are constructed according to the rules of Phase 5. Column 1, no effect. Column 2, Carpenter. The player can build a wood building by paying one wood cube less. Column 3, Mason. The player can play a stone building by paying one stone cube less. Column 4, Lawyer. The player can transform one of their buildings or a neutral building into a residential building by paying one denier less. Column 5, Architect. The player can build a prestige building on one of his residential buildings, normal cost. Example, the players are building the walls. Column 3 and Column 4 are now available in the favor table. Green has just gained a favor thanks to the joust field. He chooses the fourth line. He moves from Space 2 to Space 3 and chooses to build a park. He pays one food cube since he has a one stone cube discount, and places the park tile on the first space available on the road. He puts a house on the tile and immediately gains three prestige points. End of the game. 
The game ends right after the scoring of the tower section. That is, after the bailiff has reached the tower scoring space, or when the 14 parts of the tower have been built. The players add the following points to the points they have already gained during the game. 3 points per gold cube they have left, 1 point per 3 cubes they have left, except gold, 1 point per 4 deniers they have left. The player with the most prestige points wins the game. In the case of a tie for first place, all the players who tied win. Kalis for two players. The rules are similar, except that both players start the game with five deniers. The turn order changes at the beginning of each turn. A player plays first on one turn and second on the next, and so on. Consequently, the stables are not used. When a player passes, the other must pay three denier instead of two in the normal rules to play in a building they do not own. Playing in your own building still costs one denier. The inn keeps its power. The player whose pawn is placed on the right space pays one denier in every case. Simplified favor. This is a version for beginners. Royal favors are simplified at the expense of some tactical richness. Do not use the favor table. When a player gains a favor, thanks to the joust field, by building the church, by making the best offer in the castle, during the castle section scoring, or by building prestige buildings, they score three prestige points. When you gain several favors at the same time, each favor is worth three points. Hence, each game of Kalis will evolve very differently. Depending on the player's choices, which buildings should they build first? Will there be a lawyer? When will the mason arrive on the board? The game will develop in different ways. Some games will see huge resources, others will not. Some games will see the construction of prestige buildings, others will not. However, the player will have to take advantage of the tough situation they will face. Here is some advice to help them make the most of their first game. Resolution Order Beginners may inadvertently be unable to activate a building. For instance, it takes a cloth cube and a denier to activate the joust field. The denier may come from the trading post since it comes before the joust field on the road. However, the cloth cube must be in a player's reserves at the beginning of the turn. Indeed, there is no cloth production before the joust field. If the player has placed a worker on a farm or at the peddlers hoping to use the cloth cube to activate the joust field, their plan will not succeed since the cube will come too late. Passing order. The later you pass, the more you will influence the provost's move, if you have desires, of course. The provost is extremely important to determine which players will be activated and how fast the scoring will come. A player who passes early and whose worker is too far on the road will probably be victims of his opponents, who will not hesitate to club together to make the provost go backwards. On the other hand, a player who passes late can spend the deniers needed to activate all of his workers, placing workers in an opponent's building. It is often a clever move to place one's pawn in the other's building even if they gain prestige points. Indeed, using their buildings may yield much more. Special Buildings It is necessary to use special buildings cleverly if you want to win the game. The gate allows you to temporize and pass later to hide your intentions. The trading post provides money at the best moment, that is, right before the provost moves. The guild is the most economical way to move the provost. 
The joust field allows you to take advantage of the king's favor without having to build the castle. The first place in the stables allows you to ensure an important action for the next turn. The inn, especially in games with numerous players, allows you to save money or place more workers. Royal favors. Royal favors are a good way to refine your strategy. The four lines of the table are useful. The usefulness of the prestige line is quite obvious, especially if the player concentrates on it. The deniers line allows the player to easily make up their losses. It also helps you get powerful effects if some buildings, the bank, the church, are built. The resource line allows you to find the cubes that will help you get the upper hand. It also grants you access to gold cubes. Finally, the building line allows a player whose strategy is based on the building of the castle to have an impact on the city at a lower cost. The lawyer. You must choose carefully which building will be transformed by the lawyer. A player can remove a neutral building which challenges one of their own buildings, or even remove the marketplace to deprive all of the players of a source of income. And that is the rulebook for Kalis. I really enjoyed Kalis. It is a more German Euro style game, but I do kind of love the German Euros compared to just normal Euros. They're a little meaner, they're a little bit more clean, and they have a lot of cubes. And I really like wooden cubes. So I will confess, the last time we played this game, we played it wrong. When activating an opponent's building, instead of paying the money to the stock like we were supposed to, we paid it to the player. And that put more money into the economy because it wasn't taking it out of the economy and putting it back in the stock, but it was just passing between the players. So it was a very different game than the one intended. But I can see from reading this rule book, the limited money is really a crunch. Even in a game where we were passing the money around in a circle effectively, money was still tight. It was still very difficult to do everything you wanted to do. Now you take out the circular money and you're strapped for cash. And I really enjoy that, actually. I feel like there's a lot more pull with a game that doesn't have the floating money. It feels tighter. It feels more aggressive. And it makes missing actions all the more painful. I have heard through the grapevine, I don't remember which one, but I remember hearing this at one point in my life, that Kalis is considered very mean, and I can easily see why. Having to pay for an action only to not take it? Brutal. Having to pay to get your opponents to not take an action, meaning you can't take those actions either, also brutal. There is a lot. Now, in our previous game, because we had the money floating around, the king's favor table didn't really come into play as much as I think it should have. That being said... Being able to get six deniers in one turn feels great. We didn't use the resource cube line or the building line so much. I think that was something that we could have improved on or maybe we underestimated. And because we underestimated that, we just didn't go into it. The building line starting off with a blank space is really not very attractive, but that also tells me that those other spaces I was undervaluing because they have such high value to not put them in that first slot. They don't want to give it to you right out the gate, and that tells you something. I also really love the castle mechanic having kind of a dual force between that and the bailiff. Having the limited spaces was really fun because... You want to get in the castle, but you need the resources to do it, and getting there is not always the easiest. 
And having the corresponding bailiff moving down the street and pushing you ever closer to that scoring point was really, really interesting. It had this weird time crunch and it felt like, oh, I'm losing time, I'm losing time, even though it wasn't really a time crunch so much as it was the actions of the players. At the end of the game, there were several points where we pushed the provost back, not just to screw with each other, but also because we did not want the bailiff to move. We wanted more turns. We didn't feel like we had enough time with the game. And so the only way to get more time was to make sure the bailiff was moving as slowly as possible. One thing thematically that came up, which is that we had an issue with, was why are we building away from the castle? Like, I get that the area around the castle is the most populated. That's just natural. But you think that you'd start at the end of the road, collect all of that stuff that you're going to deliver at the castle while you're on your way to the castle and then drop it off at the castle once you get there. Right now we're doing a Yui kind of where we start at the castle, go down the road, turn around and go back up to the castle. But that's just a thematic complaint that really has no bearing whatsoever. The ideas of moving the buildings farther out or along the thing has a very interesting relationship with the provost. Having those buildings be more vulnerable um, is quite difficult. There were several times where someone would build a building past the provost's space, which had no chance of activating this turn. Not like it would because it's being built in the activation phase, so the worker wouldn't get placed on it, but sometimes it would be built so far out the provost wouldn't even start their next turn, so you had to move the provost even to get that building that was just placed down. One thing I also wanted to point out, well, at least with my copy of Kalis, is some of the houses are printed on the board. You have the main houses of the town before the bridge. These ones are obvious spaces. Then you put out your six pink tiles and you'll notice two filled slots. Now these are not to be covered up. These are permanent slots. Not something that felt totally obvious to me. And then later down the road, you will find a gold mine. Again, not obvious, but very interesting to see. One thing I mentioned in that little ramble was the six placed pink tiles at the beginning of the road. Now, I didn't realize how much these tiles impacted our game. If you have resource tiles and then a building, you're able to build up those resources and then build. But if you have the building ahead of the resources tiles, you need to be prepared in advance. So you're working on the next turn, not necessarily the one that you currently have. And the fact that these pink tiles are random makes each game different in an interesting way because they're always gonna have some weird effect and maybe it's not the order you want. I'm definitely the person who put down a worker in the joust field and was like, oh no, I don't have a cloth. How am I gonna get it? Except that was not the best example because it was a potential area where I could get cloth before I hit the checkpoint I was so worried about. So I definitely think take the hints section to heart. They have some very good hints there. And that is the rulebook for Kalis. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear a specific rulebook read, please leave me a comment on any of the YouTube reading rulebook videos. Make sure to check out MakeCraftGame.com for more content. I will catch you next time and hope you have a wonderful day.